electricity, a big idea that's inspired countless new ones. From powering the light bulb to virtually powering our entire lives. 30 years ago, State Street launched the Spider S&P 500 ETF, SPY. A big idea that inspired the world to invest differently. And still does. What can you do with SPY? Before investing, consider the funds, investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses. Visit SSGA.com for a prospectus containing this and other information. Read it carefully before investing. SPY is subject to risks similar to those of stocks. All ETFs are subject to risk, including possible loss of principal. Alps Distributors, Inc. Distributor. It's Jim Cramer here. You're listening to the opening bell of CNBC's Squawk on the Street. Don't miss a minute of the action. Good Friday morning. Welcome to Squawk on the Street. I'm Carl Quintanilla with Jim Cramer, David Faber at the New York Stock Exchange. Futures up about 40 as the S&P tries once again for the first closing high since July. Got quad witching today. S&P rebalance. That'll give us some volume at the open and the close. Europe steady. India soaring as they slash their corporate tax rate. Ten-year 178 as Bullard, Rosengren, and pretty soon Clarida on this show will offer their take on all the Fed news this week. Our roadmap begins with records within reach. Stock set for a slightly higher open. St. Louis Fed President Bullard still sounding the alarm for the economy and manufacturing. Plus, Apple's moment of truth. The iPhone 11 hits stores globally. Will it move the needle for investors? And Washington versus big tech. Mark Zuckerberg meeting face to face with some of his harshest critics on Capitol Hill, including a surprise trip to the White House. S&P is aiming for a fourth straight day of gains as we wrap up the week. Volatility could be in the mix, given that it is quad witching Friday. You got two Fed presidents making the case for dissenting votes at the Fed meeting earlier in the week. Rosengren out of Boston thinks the Fed should have held steady. Jim Bullard of St. Louis pushed for 50 basis points. And we'll see what Clarita tells our Sarah Eisen in about an hour. Yeah, I've got to tell you that when you looked at what U.S. Steel said yesterday, and that was really, I don't know, I know U.S. Steel is not a big market cap. But what it said about the U.S. economy versus Steelcase, which was very good, versus Herman Miller, which was very good. Small, medium-sized business doing well. A big industrial, just not doing well. And I think that it depends upon who uh, you look at. Like, I, 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 think, I think Bullard looks at everything. And I think he recognizes that industrials really hurt it. Industrials doing badly. Not, not, not okay. You didn't, you didn't even mention... Uh Corning or FedEx or Nucor? Well, I, I should have because FedEx is a gigantic company and uh, that was a, a wake-up call. Uh, I do believe, I know we spent a lot of time at the network talking about surveys and talking about this guy and that guy. Some of these guys don't do homework. Uh, Rosengren has not done his homework. He is uh, He's a dogmatic fellow. Uh, if you followed him, I think that you would get a Repo- uh, Democratic president without a problem. Uh, and I think that that's not necessarily his goal. I uh, listened to, Bl- to Blinder this morning. He said at one point, he said, yeah, I, I don't like Trump. Well, OK, so maybe your data skewed toward that, because if you're in the if you're at Ford Motor right now, I mean, this is not a good time. It's not a good time. GM, not a good time. These are not unimportant companies. Now, housing's doing well, but HELOC, the home equity loans still haven't come down because the short rates. The autos, the rates haven't come down because of the short rates. The short rates have to come down in order to be able to restart that part of the economy. So the, when people point to the city economic surprise index basically going vertical, you don't buy it? No. I mean, look, look how was Darden yesterday? Darden wasn't that good. We don't want to lose Darden. That's the one area of the economy that's okay. You got industrial production beating estimates by three times. I look, I, Retail those, sales. I'm not buying the numbers anymore. I think the numbers are better from... Adobe, you get better numbers. Retail's okay, but it's 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 Walmart, it's Amazon, 
it, it's Target, it's Costco, although downgrading yesterday, Costco, saying that things would sell. Yeah. yeah, I don't yeah, I think it's fine. Down, so, right? Well, it's 35 wait, I, times am I hearing artists. something different from you in terms no, of I a just, new level of... Um, of anxiety about industrial, yes. I'm worried about industrial. Yeah, let's go back to the car maker for a second. GM's yeah. taking a strike right now, obviously losing money right. as a result. But you're, you seem to be fairly lugubrious I'm worried about the preemption. Ford and, I'm worried about preemption. What? Preemption. Federal preemption. Federal against California. Preemption. Against California. Oh, if you're we're back for, to the cafe if, standards and that? Well, what? What? Why do I? Am I not allowed to go back to that? Like no, no, you're allowed to. I'm just trying that. to understand why that would be bad, necessarily bad. Two, I think two billion dollars for Ford. Ford's part of that. The 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 companies because that want have... to maintain or uh, hit the California standards, not the administration's. You, you far have lower to make standards. two cars in the great United States. I mean, I think the president views uh, California as an outlier country and is trying to rein it in. This is going to go through some judicial process. I mean, the president hasn't won on this yet, right? No, he hasn't won. But this view is based on the—is it based on the consumer's ability to buy a car, though, or it's just more on this regulatory? I just think—I think the car companies are having an existential crisis. Existential. You look at the journal piece on GM supply chain today. And how the strike, they're already laying off Canadian workers because these parts are not moving around. Look, people have to recognize we don't, if we don't get the United States-Mexico-Canada treaty, we get these, we get the auto companies, we get Boeing. Boeing doesn't get back on track. These are, I mean, Caterpillar numbers aren't that great. These are major industrial companies. And yet Boeing's up 10% since the last record high. There are people who just keep thinking that it's just that one day we'll wake up and it's, and it's fine. Now, Expedia was on Man Bunny last night. Travel's good. Orchestrum, yeah. What did he have to say? Very strong. Right. Very strong. Okay. That's Hotel, good, good. Right. That's the consumer. The consumer, the consumer, the consumer. Okay, the consumer. Right. Housing we doing hear better. it all day long well, on one, our air from every what, darn strategist we're going to talk to. or every And so it's 70% what, so of the economy. What, do you think I'm, I'm mimicking them? No, I think I'm, I'm, I'm you're actually with, sounding a bit more alarmist than they I are. I just, I don't want the strike. I think the strike's bad. I think we're, I do believe... That the Fed acts now. A lot of people told me, Jim, you're relying on Fred Smith, who should retire. That Fred Smith should retire, and United Parcel took the hit early on, and they are in ascendance. But I, I do worry when Fred Smith says that people like me are whistling past the graveyard about how strong things are. That just tweaks me a little. Be a little bit more, a little less optimistic. No, I, it definitely gave you pause. It, it gave it, me pause. It hit you this week. I know. It well, did. it did because I read it. I read it over several times, and I said, "Okay, well, Fred Smith, how some of it is bad execution, but some of it is he's saying, listen, it's going to come here. Don't be foolish. No, it's going to come I here.' Pointed out Stevenson's comments at the Goldman conference earlier this week too. Flashing <laughs> yellow. Yes, and Bullard gets that. Bullard obviously watches the show. We know he watches the show. And I think he hears, I don't think it's not all Fed speak. Rosengren's face got charts. Charts. You know what, we have to move on. But let me well, just say to, that Rosengren is, is ill-advised here. To your point, Jim, uh, we're watching some consumer products like Apple, the company's iPhone 11 line and the Apple Watch Series 5 going on sale today. As many analysts say, pre-orders have been stronger than expected. Tim Cook greeted customers about an hour ago in New York City. Their reopened a flagship store on Fifth Avenue uh, will be open 24 hours a day, 365 days a year. Katie Huberty of Morgan Stanley's out saying that the uh, demand trajectory uh, is improving. Risk to the upside. I, I have to tell you that the crazy thing here, I interviewed David Taylor yesterday, CEO of Procter & Gamble. Yes. Where's the strength? Where's it been growing? China. 
Starbucks. Spoke to Kevin Johnson recently in preparation to go out to their annual meeting. Where's the acceleration? Start. It's in China. Yum, China. Where's the acceleration? Well, obviously in China. But Apple pre-orders. What is this? Now, Apple's lowered the price. They're very value conscious in China. That's where some analysts say the real demand is coming from. Right. But if you were to think about if the Chinese really hated us, you would see the people. You'd see a decline in Starbucks, decline in P&G, 10% growth P&G in China. 10% growth. I find that amazing. Well, Reuters has some pictures of the Shanghai store this morning. Um, I'm going to read here from the headline. Um, Beijing and Shanghai, um, the store's short queues of diehard fans contrasting with the hundreds who camped out ahead of previous launches. That's, that's, that's bad. Wow. Okay, I didn't know um, that because I've read, I've read all these Wedbush-like notes which just said the pre-orders are big. By the way, Costco, they had to close in Shanghai. Too much demand. Couldn't handle it. Couldn't handle the traffic. Couldn't get the cars through. Costco. Is there anything more American than Costco? No. 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 Maybe the Yankees. Very American. Very American. Very American. Yeah. Gotta say it, American. 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 I pronounce it like an American. American. Yeah. Um, we have to move on. December 15th. No one actually actually said are still going to go into place here in this country on but do you see, electronics. Like, see what's in Doesn't that still have any sort of impact on Apple? Isn't that something investors should be concerned about? We don't know. what they're, I think the, uh, the tariff list, I'm calling it in flux. Tariff lifts in flux. I think there's plenty of people who assume it may not happen if these talks go well. But right now, it's still December 15th. Well, we've got to point it out. We have key talks. A lot of people are presuming that something's going to go right from the talks. I, I know... Because I, I report that uh, there are people who are hopeful that it doesn't go well because they're not giving in. Hey, by the way, this fentanyl issue, I mean, if the Chinese were serious, then they would arrest 20, 50, 50, 57 fentanyl pr- uh, purveyors they would arrest. That's from right from the Heinz ketchup. 57 varieties. 57. 57 known fentanyl pushers. And you know what they do over there. Sometimes they, they're a little more flip of the switch over there. You know, they, they have a it's, it's capital, your, uh, capital your punishment. It's on Navarro's list of seven deadly sins. He is not my friend. He's, a, he's someone I, that I report off of. You know who loves you? No. Bannon. Steve Bannon. Is that a joke? Sucks. Are, you, you, got this are from, you mocking You got this from Bannon at Delivering Alpha yesterday? Bannon, yeah. I gave a big hug. Hey, listen. He, he hugs me. When I, see I gave him a big hug. He's interesting to listen he, to. He, he, he's, he's recognizes that there's some of the stances I take are, you know, including my regime change stance in China, that I think he thinks I'm a little too far that way. He likes that. What, the regime change? Yeah. It's coming. Everyone, President Xi, President for Life, give me a break. How do you want to? I would make a really, bet that Trump's in office longer than Xi you're, if the Democrats don't get their act together. Trump over Xi. Do you think, did we solve that thing about who's the bigger enemy yet with the Xi versus the pal? We fixed no, that? I don't think so. Uh, still Powell's up in the air? safe because, sure, why not? As he said on Fox yesterday. On where? Sure, why not? On where? Powell, they asked him, is Powell's job safe? Mm-hmm. You know, my, said, why sure, why my ex-wife has chickens. You know what she's worried about? Foxes. But you put that big combine I had the other day in front of the building, that giant Agco combine. Do you know what happens? It just takes foxes and it shreds them, <laughs> like just shreds them like the, no, like there's no tomorrow. That's horrible. Why? I like foxes. Fo- Why? They eat the chickens. You'll never get another egg if you listen to that. I'll 
Same. We have to move on, but I want to make that point that that yeah, combine shreds Fox. Watch fantastic Mr. Fox. It's a great, great George, movie. George Clooney. Yeah. Wes Anderson. Very nice. George, uh, Mark Zuckerberg made the rounds in Washington yesterday. Facebook CEO stopped by the Oval Office, met with the president, who tweeted they had a nice meeting. But Zuckerberg received a chillier reception on the Hill from lawmakers seeking tighter regulation. This is what uh, Josh Hawley of Missouri said. He told him about what to do with Facebook. So I said to him, prove that you're serious about data. Sell WhatsApp and sell Instagram. That's what they should do. They should spin them off, sell them right now, and show that you have confidence in your core product. Well, according to our reporting, are you kidding? Uh, or a product. Zuckerberg's response. Does he even know? Does he even know? Not receptive. I, I got. Does he even know what WhatsApp is? I mean, what is he thinking? Honestly, I mean, there's an example of what we have to deal with. He's a con- he's a congressperson. No, he's a senator. Senator. Oh, man, there's only 100 of those guys. I mean, honestly, is he ever, is he ever instant? I mean, is, is he ever instant? I don't think he's instant. He wouldn't know what face, he wouldn't know face plant versus Facebook. Senator Hall has been very aggressive in terms of trying to uh, oh, have okay. them be I'm sorry. policing more aggressively. All right, I respect the Senate. held responsible for the content on their platform. Okay, I respect it. Um, I'm showing respect. But, th- but I'm they, just saying that Facebook the is not the enemy. the issue is that they're getting it from everywhere, right? No, but I mean, the, it's, the, it's the FTC. But the, the, it's, but, it's the Senate. But the it's, East. But the, and it will go but, on. But the, and I don't know how but, many multiple points you take out of Facebook's, but, out of Facebook's stock price to account for the risk of continued, endless investigations why, that may result in something down the road. Why does free enterprise have to be punished by a senator? Why does Mark Zuckerberg have to sell Instagram and WhatsApp? Jim, why? Jim, you know why? he doesn't, and he won't, and he's not but going why to is, until, a, until he's forced to under any trust why law, should which he, years away, he, and a judge would have to do it, and it's well, not we, happening anytime. In ever. the PRC, Soon. they have more freedom. The PRC gives businesses more freedom. And by the way, the PRC just approved the uh, you know two six Venusaur. The two six. You are what's going on? Now you're just trying to the light P- fire. No, because the PRC you're just. just this is a segue. They just approved the Venusaur deal. That's what I was. They just now. Okay. Just now. So now maybe Mellanox and and uh, Nvidia are going to be approved. I just now the Chinese. That was a segue into something because someone said move on. Not really. No, I am angry about the center. I am because like you know what is that? Prove it. Prove it that you that the core business. What, 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 what does he have to prove, Zuckerberg? And next thing you know, Ruth Port, they're going to haul her up. The, you don't need YouTube. Well, it's a free country. It is. It's free. And as of now, they can't be forced to do these things. There still has the rule of law. We still have, we're hanging Thank on. Thank you. We're hanging on. I like this. You know, the Senate, we got this thing, the Bill of Rights. They ought to give it a little shake. They ought to give it a Google. You know, they ought to check the Google box on the Bill of Rights. Yeah. There. How come you're not this fiery with the, the squawk tees? You, you, you're so nice and polite on that tease. I, know. And then you, well, I yeah. gotta, I gotta get warmed up. I get the WD-40 spray after, and I, you know, WD-40 instead of instead of uh, deodorant. I, I'm still the foxes still upset me. You ever see a fox running through a the field? The CEO, flannels. Martin Rieschenhagen, took me aside Thank because you ever see what this thing can do to a fox? It can shred it. It can shred it like there's like nine ways to sun and then a geese. Yeah, and the geese. I didn't absolutely. even brought up the fox. Geese are one thing. Geese, okay. <laughs> oh, you're okay with that, huh? <laughs> a lot of geese. Let me put the pet about you. 
Kramer's Mad Dash and the opening bell coming up on this uh, Quad Witching Friday. And the next hour is, well, Sarah Eisen's exclusive with Fed Vice Chair Richard Clarida. The central bank facing challenges with another interest rate cut on the books as we look for another uh, potential record close. First since July 26. We'll see. We're back in a minute. What's on the horizon for financial markets? At PGIM, it's a question that over 1,400 investment professionals relentlessly research in pursuit of your long-term goals. Specialized across asset classes, but united in collaboration, our teams provide global and local expertise. Our investments shape tomorrow, today. Pursue your tomorrow with PGIM, a leading global asset manager. Getting some breaking news out of Saudi Arabia, getting our first pictures from the site of those two oil facilities that were attacked last Saturday. Our Hadley Gamble joins us now live on the ground. She's currently on a tour of uh, the Aramco facilities and has the latest. Hadley? Hey, good morning, guys. So this is the second stop on our tour of Saudi Aramco. This is al Field. Now, this is a 70-year-old facility. As you can see behind me, this is one of the spheroids that was hit in these attacks. Remember, of course, that we heard earlier in the week from the Saudi Defense Forces. They were saying that as many as 18 drones and seven cruise missiles were involved in this attack. They said that they were Iranian-made or had come from Iran, but they didn't pinpoint exactly where they had been launched from. One of the things I want to mention is they consider this facility the mothership. It is the largest oil and gas stabilization facility in the world. It is the mothership, really, of the Saudi Aramco operation. We're really at the heart of exactly what happened in terms of these attacks. Remember, of course, a spirit like this one, they were explaining to us in terms of the fires. If you don't get the fires uh, that we saw after those explosions, after those terror attacks, under a control within the first 15 to 20 minutes. They said that the damage that those attacks had inflicted would have basically been irreparable and that it was um, just mainly due to the immediate emergency response force in terms of pointing the hoses directly at these spherical that they were able to get those fires to such a level that the entire facility wasn't actually destroyed. The fires themselves after those massive explosions that we saw that video from over the weekend, those weren't completely out for at least seven hours, but they said it was the critical ability uh, to get at those flames in that first 15 to 20 minute period that were able, allowed them really to be able to save so much of the infrastructure of this facility. Remember, of course, we're talking about 5.7 million barrels per day that were knocked immediately offline here. Already, this facility is back up to 2 million after the weekend was complete. They had managed to get things back on track at least enough to do that. The numbers, of course, coming from the oil minister earlier this week, completing um, the ability to get back to um, 11 million barrels per day in terms of the end of this month and then 12 million barrels per day by November. They are sticking to those numbers because we're asking them again and again in terms of when we can see the completion of all of this work. But again, this is the largest oil and gas stabilization facility in the world. It is the mothership. It is the center, really, of Aramco's operations, really the lifeline of the Saudi economy right here, as you can see behind me. We're going to continue this tour. But again, this is just one of the many spheroids that were hit by these attacks. And just to run you through some of those numbers as well, just so that we're clear about what exactly happened here, we're talking about 11 hits on the spheroids in this complex alone. Also five hits in the columns in the stabilization area, like we showed you earlier with the Carace field. We're going to continue our tour, guys. I'm going to leave it there with you. Back in a minute. Hey, Hadley, really quick while I have you, uh, Journal yesterday said that the kingdom was seeking some diesel and gasoline supplies to save crude for exports. Do we take that seriously? 
I've heard that behind the scenes. I haven't yet had that confirmed. As soon as I do, you guys will be the first to know. But certainly, um, it was expected, uh, the conversations that we had in the last few days, particularly at the back of that press conference with the oil minister, that the fact that they have such a large amount of capacity was going to be able to pad them out for the coming months as well. So something definitely to keep in mind. Guys, i got to go. All right. Hadley Gamble, uh, thank you very much. When we come back, New York Times columnist Jim Stewart, the Pulitzer Prize winner, weighs in on Bob Iger, Disney and Apple. Take another look here at the pre-market. Worst walk on the street continues in a moment. At the UPS Store, we know things can get busy this upcoming holiday. You can count on us to be open and ready to help with any packing and shipping or anything else you might need. Is there anything you can't do? Um, actually, I don't have a good singing voice. <clears throat> the UPS... Nope. But our certified packing experts can pack and ship just about anything. At least that's good. The UPS Store. Be unstoppable. Most locations are independently owned. Product services, pricing, and hours of operation may vary. See center for details. Come in today to get your holiday goodies there on time. From pit lane to podium, the Las Vegas Grand Prix is providing fans a race day experience at the speed they deserve. With the help of T-Mobile for Business, our 5G advanced network solutions are powering race day operations with event-wide connectivity. From streamlined gate entry to an immersive app, giving fans blazing fast access to the sport they love. This is accelerating innovation. This is the Las Vegas Grand Prix with T-Mobile for Business. Take your business further at T-Mobile.com slash now. There's a lot to watch today on this uh, race to get a new closing high, whether it's uh, Tim Cook and Apple today, India cutting taxes, China negotiations ongoing, the repo market is quieted down. The opening bell is six minutes away. Time for uh, weekending mad dash before we get to an opening bell. What do you want to talk about? The time has come today for NVIDIA, perhaps, to get the thumbs up from Samer. And you know what Samer is. I do. To buy Mellanox, where uh, I've got to tell you, uh, Jensen Wong's told me that this is immediately added if they get the steel closed because it fixes their whole outside ring. Mellanox, when you look at a box, uh, data box, Mellanox is on the right side, NVIDIA's on the left. They would own the whole box. So, David, the ARBs have not trusted. There's a big spread, Mellanox, because people thought the Chinese would do it. So why is all this happening? Because a company called 2.6, Roman numerals 2.6, just got approval from SAMR, which is the, uh, the antitrust interest. regulator in China. Two merged with Finisar. Mofcom, it's changed. We now call it SAMR. It's a different but same right. basic idea. Good that you show off on that. Uh, Finisar just got approval to buy 2.6. Two, uh, two Why is this important? 2.6 has military. And what they're asking for a three-year kind of uh, holding period. But this I did not expect. It is a sign of what I would regard as thawing in, rela- thawing in so relationships. Your hope is the Mellanox deal, which they are now reviewing at SAMR, yes. will be approved. I think it will be. Jensen Wong told me it's going to be approved. 
And now with this is a harder deal, David, this deal that just got approved is a harder deal to approve than than the uh, Mellanox deal with NVIDIA because the Chinese, Jensen Wong, told me want the deal to go through. So let's if you're what is it, the spread, David, is gigantic. Yes, the spread between what NVIDIA is paying right. and where the stock is trading is large because of the concerns that antitrust will either take a very long time, if at all, if at all, from the Chinese. You still think there's a chance it doesn't work? Of course, there's always a chance until they approve it, right? But this is can't, really can't forget. This is dispositive. Can't forget Qualcomm, and but this is dispositive. This two-six deal. It is a encouraging sign. Yeah. Encouraging sign. Well, uh, chips at large have had a pretty nice run. Uh, we got a table of stocks in the S&P that are up 10% plus since the last record close. It includes Western Dig and Seagate, along with a slew of housing. There's a piece by J.P. Morgan saying that NAND is inflecting, that's flash. There's so many positive comments, and I've got to tell you, the group has had such a big move, but it can go further. It's still cheap on a price earnings move. There's the opening bell on the S&P 500. After you see NBC's real-time exchange at the big board, it's dental products company and Vista celebrating its recent IPO at the NASDAQ. Exogen, a provider of advanced rheumatology testing, had its IPO yesterday. IPOs X Smile Direct are kind of held in. Yes, Smile Direct is a controversial one. I know they would like to tell their story a little bit better. There are people uh, who think that that's what happened in Invisalign, the collapse of that stock. Uh, people just presume that there's too much price cutting in that area. We have more to work more to work on that. But these little IPOs are making people money. Uh, it's the big ones, the gigantic ones. I mean, did you see how much Postmates got valued at, David? No. How much? Oh, my. I mean, they, just, they raised like a couple hundred million. Now, look, I like Postmates. I think it's an incredibly well-run company. But there's, is there anything worse right now than the Grubhub, DoorDash, Postmates, Uber Eats? They're killing each other. They are. The money keeps flowing in from venture capital. But that's crazy. In particular from SoftBank and Vision Fund, which helps. I mean, it's fascinating what SoftBank chooses to do. With It has Didi competing with Uber in Brazil. It owns both, and it's funding both, and they're both killing each other. Well, that's just great. Hey, speaking of killing each other, Jewel. Yeah. And users. Jewel's market, uh, Jewel's Jewel's value has probably been declining. But, you know, I think that is fair to say. We re- I reported on it last week, and I think it's down again. Axios today market. says it's at risk of being one of the worst corporate investments of all time. Really? That's a little I overstated. Mean, I mean, they only put in $12.8 billion. You know, Axios has only been in the business game for like a little while. I don't really. Wow. Just in the past weekend, the president threatened to ban flavors. Yeah. You got these CDC numbers are terrible. Uh, an eighth death. Uh, India bans, off the shelves in China. I mean, what else can it go wrong? Oh, plenty. Oh, congressional subpoenas. And, yeah, uh, I mean, I, I think that instead of wasting their time uh, attacking Facebook. Look at that. We're going to run I it again. That. Yeah. again. Why, why, not? why not? I mean, I think that this is the crisis. Now, someone got, you know, these people on Twitter say, well, Jim, you say these crises help with the health care crisis. I, they have not had a party. They've not hosted parties of teens and seen what happens. It is required. Mm. Yeah, it's a public safety issue, right? Is yes, it's a pu- yes. By the way, so is smoking, issue. for that matter. So, uh, by the way, so is uh, guns in schools. We don't seem to have done okay. anything about all right, David, about children getting murdered in school, but somehow we're 
we're worried much more about vaping. We're ready well, to ban that. It, well, it, it, you, you got I mean, those are those kind of relative arguments that I hear. I mean, I get that on Twitter all the time from people who are numbskulls, Mr. Numbskulls. And, and what it is is saying, well, listen, how can you be against vape? Shouldn't you really be against measles? I mean, I, look, I, I'm against things that hurt people. All right. I'm not saying that it doesn't. Vaping doesn't kill people. People do. You remember that line? It's the NRA. Yeah, I'm aware of the line. I'm just thinking that since I, you know, ever since I saw your documentary, I've been on a jihad against Yes, you have. You because, have. Because the, the, everyone has to watch this documentary. And yes, you can take the British point of view that these people are going to die anyway, so let's let them die later. But I, I mean, there was that woman, that girl in Michigan. I mean, I, that girl in Michigan, to me, is the essence of what's happened. Yeah. Just tell people. Good sure, a teen in Michigan whom we profile got addicted at 15, and uh, basically her family structure fell apart as a result of her addiction. Uh, it's, yeah, it's, but on the other hand, Jules got had 19 billion, and Jewel could be an interesting IPO. And well, I mean, versus the poor girl in Michigan. I mean, come on, David, capitalism. Yeah, that's exactly what I'm talking we, we about. Hope, we hope you'll watch tonight. You've got to watch this thing. Jim Roku. Uh, yeah. Pivotal initiates with a sell. Target a 60. This stock's down 50 bucks in two weeks. Yeah, this thing has become the pinata. There was a, a note today about Roku. Uh, uh, for Opco, says buy it. But it's saying that the U.K. market's worth $10 a share. But you know what? Roku went up a great deal. And ever since our, the parent company's network unveiled the anti-Roku, well, it's kryptonite. That's the thing. Yes. Yeah. You know, you put the box on that's, and you're not paying for it. If you're a Comcast customer, that helps. That's cheaper than paid. Yes. Free. And uh, Roku, look, Roku went up a great deal. The CEO of Roku never claimed that this would happen. I mean, people got too excited because they were so anxious to have a cord-cutting story. They wanted a cord-cutting story. Well, it is the play on streaming to a certain extent because it's the beneficiary. It's not a, it doesn't pick a winner. It doesn't care. But when Comcast is out there with a product that conceivable, that is going to be free to those customers that lets you do the same thing, at least it's having an impact. But I have the Amazon product. It, I don't know. It didn't cost me that much. It's pretty good. Fire Stick? Yeah, Fire yeah. Stick. I don't know. I'm so an Amazon Prime bucks, member. Right? Yeah. I mean, 40 bucks? A couple 40 of bucks, yeah. 30 yeah, but why 40 bucks is, is kind of, it's not free. No, but it's close. Yeah, it's very close. Yeah. You so, amortize it over the life of the subscription. Exactly. So I think Roku is a little overvalued, but the problem is, is that it's been overvalued um, you know, for since it ever left that sphere of 30 to 40. I, it's overvalued. Yeah. A, lot of, a lot of technicians had noticed this um, earlier in the month, just given its valuation, uh, the, the stretch above its 200-day. Uh, saying it hardly would be the best entry point at this at this level, yeah. uh, but it's come down. The other one is Etsy, Jim. Uh, two upgrades in a week yeah. or so. Today it's RBC. The, the shipping, the, the change in shipping to be more positive is good. I like the fact that they're also this is something that millennials care about. They're trying to be you know neutral in packaging in terms of what carbon neutral. A lot of companies are trying to be carbon neutral. It's not greenwashing when it comes to Etsy. Well, the biggest you know company that's now is? making an effort to be carbon neutral on this day when a lot of kids are going to be uh, protesting or not. Or well, it's a big thing. Taking a stand against uh, right. climate change is Amazon. That was a big there, Well, didn't you deal. think that was huge, 100,000 electric? 2030, they you? want to be carbon neutral and they want to move towards it fairly quickly at Amazon. And to Jim's point, make a lot of their delivery vehicles yes. electric. I think it's very uh, important. That was an interesting announcement. I think that we I got thought that was overlooked. We haven't really talked about it yet. This it, that, that can drive the whole industry. 
you have to make 100,000 vehicles for them. You've got to make 500,000 vehicles. And this goes, I think, to this larger conversation that we have been having a bit at this desk about, so, about the changing nature of what business sees as its responsibility or whether it does. Or, you know, does Amazon, is it friendlier with the millennials as a result of doing something like this? Right. Does it change the perception of the company? Does it then therefore help it in some way in terms of the bottom line also? Well, I don't I, know, but David Taylor, uh, Proctor, interesting move. They're, I mean, I openly challenge the idea that they have a lot of products that you can't open because they have a lot of plastic. They're, shi- they're shifting some to cardboard, but they're, they're really trying to figure this thing out, get ahead of time, because they know that the millennials hate plastic. Jim Fitterling has his work cut out for him. He's the CEO of Dow Chemical. And he's the CEO of Dow Chemical. Yes. They are trying also to deal with the waste problem. Speaking of which, you talked about plastic uh, with uh, Peltz and Taylor yesterday. Take a listen to this from Delivering Alpha. I can't open them. <laughs> and I want to know, you. why do you need so much plastic? I brought this guy. I hate this thing, this Dollar Shave Club. There we and it go. Comes and I can open the door <laughs> thing. And I want to know, why do I, you know, look at this, Church and Dwight. Why, that's plastic. That's paper since 1907. Why do I have to go through all this plastic? I am, in the end, needing of this. Can we please eliminate some of the plastic? Certainly. I, I would agree. Well, I mean, jihad on that too. Yeah, yeah, a little bit of a Henny Youngman approach to life there. But I I think that, and actually, by the way, uh, curb your enthusiasm. They did that too. But there is too much. And as you, when you try to open something, a lot of it. One of the things that they said offline is interesting. You know, some of these uh, drugstores like that. They want to make it so you can't. It's a lot of it is in reaction to the to drugstores. Actually, yeah, get get at those things, right? And CVS, and so they have Um, to, you know, they have to come together. But the fact is, is that if Procter and Gamble demands that there be uh, more recycling, they have a power. They they're very powerful. No, it's interesting. You showed uh, the. The blades Dollar you shave. get from Dollar Shave because I get every packaging. Matters. I got I get Harry's, I get Dollar Shave, I get Schick, and I get Proctor uh, for some of the houses I have. And the reason I do that is because I'm always trying to do to shop and try to get a sense of what people do. Proctor's having an amazing year. He actually uh, kind of broke news a little bit. I don't know if you really wanted to, David, but just saying that the again the China business is strong. I broke news. I mean, uh, whatever. But China, China is the bright light for Procter right now. China's coming together. You got the two six deal. You got the Starbucks, Kevin. China, China, it's coming together. It's so, coming so together. when Starbucks lowered their organic growth target, not hard guidance, but remember a week or two ago, you don't think it was related to No, China. and I went over that, and a lot more of it was tax. I, I, honest to God, I went over that thing with, with Kevin. I really don't think that, I think that was a very misread of the announcement, because he had come on the week before on Mad Money, and he, this was not, he did not repeal the guidance, uh, the, the, the multi-year we're, we're guidance. We're going to get more next month. The multi-year guidance. So I am absolutely fine with what Kevin said, and I think the stock's a buy. I think Kevin is, hey, you know what? That senator's got Facebook moving. The senator. Holly? The face, yeah, Holly. Senator Holly. He's got Facebook going. Josh Holly, yes. Josh, Josh. Senator. Yes. Senator yes. Holly. Yes. Look, he, look at this. Facebook's having its biggest move. Oh, it's, the guy is, did he, put, did he put a buy on it? Back above the 50 day yeah, he, for the he went first time in a month. Yeah. Did he raise his price target? I'm, he may have. Yeah. Listen, Instagram and WhatsApp spun, Instagram spun would be worth what? 
A price worth worth five hundred million. Five hundred million. The rest. Great growth. The, the, take, he wants to take. Uh, maybe he thinks that Facebook should be a billion dollar company. Jim, at what point? I'm, I'm not making fun of Senator Holly. <laughs> Yes, at what okay. point, Jim? No, I'm not. Do you worry about double tops here as we oh my God, struggle to get above 3015? Yeah, 30, I do. 15? The chartist in me, the Fibonacci guy in me, you know, the, the Leonardo Fibonacci, yes, the I'm medieval uh, mathematician. Him. Yes. Uh, yeah, I am. I think that we have to have a breakout. I'm worried about the transports. The transports got to show a little uh, mojo. Uh, I'm worried about this whole. I have Z scaler on tonight. There's this huge uh, group of Silicon Valley stocks that seem like they've peaked because of competition. CrowdStrike, Zscaler, Symantec. Oh, you just, and you just went through all the Carbon food delivery. Crubhub, uh, yes. Postmates, DoorDash. DoorDash. Well, those are not public, but yeah. No, but I'm saying I see competition. For the first time in ages, the key to this market, Okta, is finally up. Oh, it is? Yeah, Okta's finally up. You know I, Okta. I do. I'm remembering an old key to this market, Ulta. Wanted to take a look at it. She missed Spiel. Has bad. it ever requ- uh, recovered from that I, quarter? I no, think it has. no, but I think that uh, I, I believe that this is a re- no. I believe this is a recovery quarter. I really think they can pull that off. For I think they reaccelerate. Ulta. Yeah, I think they can reaccelerate. There's a look at all. There was never anything wrong with Octa. Octa is the passport. Contouring. Some people stopped. You know, the kids stopped doing contouring. There was a like there was a slowdown in contour. Yeah. But the um, I have to tell you that the Loyalty Club is the biggest in the biggest in the country. Have you ever used a Loyalty Club? You can get like a hundred dollars off. What? I mean, even asking a question like that. Okay, you use Sephora because you go to Sephora. <laughs> Okta is, is, is Okta has to break out here, right? Because you, I do, you I know, do wear makeup. Like, Sephora, I guess on, on your birthday with Sephora, they give you special stuff, so you have to be a member. Yes. Um, Okta has to break out since it is the mo- the company that has the best growth, other than Viva. Now, Viva's another company. I, David, you probably follow me when I go out west. Viva is just another stock. It's up, it's up 66%. It's Peter Gassner. That one has to break out, too. These are the stocks that st- have stalled that were the heart and soul of the whole spring move. I'm, I'm very concerned. Not to mention Roku, which we mentioned already, right. but was Roku's one of the great momentum important. names and is, uh, has been giving it up for a little bit now. And really? by the way, Disney, by the way, I mean, I, Bob Iger, on the, the day after his book drops, and said, spend some time with Bob. A lot of people feel that stock is stalled. I think that's a great long-term opportunity. There are stocks that have stalled, that have just stalled. Disney now may be the waiting game for streaming and starting to see how the numbers and what they start with and when they start, and then that quarter. So, you know, you may want to just wait. One last thing, uh, Jim, okay. Pfizer and Merck up as McConnell appears not to be on board with Pelosi's plan. To- yes, and uh, all the drugs are moving. And I don't think uh, Speaker Pelosi, it's not as, Speaker Pelosi kind of is not trying to redo the health system. She wants Affordable Care Act. I think she's a practical person and, and won't uh, go, won't rock the boat. She's got bigger issues to worry about. She does, yes. Uh, which you've talked to her about this week. But Pfizer is leading the Dow. We're up 61. Let's get to Bob Bassani. Bob? Hello, Carl. Happy Friday, everybody. Uh, we are knocking on the doors of new highs, but there's a sort of tug of war between cyclicals and defensive stocks going on this week. For the moment, today, cyclicals are taking a... Uh, winning out here. So retailers up a little bit. Energy started up and now turned negative. Banks, industrials uh, also fractionally to the upside. You know, this has been a remarkable week. A lot of 
theoretically bad things have happened this week, and the market has largely shrugged them off. So I just want to remind everyone that, you know, stuff could have gone wrong very easily here. We're shrugging off the whole Iran issue, the big surge in oil that we've seen. There's that whole thing of spike in repo rates that's made a lot of people crazy about market plumbing this week. And then we just had very poor China industrial production and retail sales data. It seems like a long time ago, but it was all, that was this week. We sort of shrugged all of this off. But we are seeing, though, that old cyclical rally that happened a few weeks ago. That's kind of faded a little better today. But if you take a look at they call it value sometimes, but cyclical groups here uh, in the last few days like retail, transports, metals and mining, regional bank. These are all cyclicals. Most of them are also value stocks in the last week. That rally that happened a few weeks ago, it's kind of faded right now. So that's something to keep an eye on. Of course, we keep rotating into the more defensive groups like consumer staples and utilities. This is the story all year, and this is why the market is not far from new highs. But uh, retail in particular, I just want to point out, I mean, this week, some of these stocks are just getting slammed. Uh, they're stable today, but ever since the tariff wars in May, these stocks have been getting slammed. They rallied briefly two or three weeks ago, and this week they're back down again. So that rally in, the, in this group has been very, very short-lived. Elsewhere, this is a quadruple witching day. It happens four times. Times a year. This is the quarterly rebalance, the expiration of stocks uh, and index options and futures. That's a mouthful. But the S&P 500 here is not far from new highs. I just want to point out we're getting a rebalancing today. This is the S&P quarterly. And we talk about all these buybacks yesterday. Big buyback from Microsoft, big buyback from Target. Usually this results in a reduction in the share counts, including a reduction in the share count and their weight in the S&P 500. And today's when they do those rebalancing. So these companies here are going to see share count reductions. Why? Because they're very actively buying back their stock. Apple, in particular, is one of the classic buyback monsters. So they're waiting in the S&P 500. It's going to go down a little bit today. That happens at the close. You get a lot of shares changing hands. And the game here, of course, is trade all you want, but don't change the stock price. That's the game going on at the close. Just want to note here, guys, S&P 500, 30.27. That's the old intraday high for the S&P. 30.25, the old closing high. And again, Carl, knocking right on the door of that. Back to you. Bob, thanks. We are getting some new live pictures coming in from the site of those oil facilities attacked in Saudi Arabia last Saturday. Our Hadley Gamble once again is live on the ground. Hadley? Hey guys, so we are here once again in the mothership, the largest oil and gas stabilization center in the world, here the heart really of Saudi Aramco. And as you can see behind me, one of the five damaged columns, stabilization columns here in the heart of the utilities area. This is where the boilers are, the water is, this is where they create the steel that they need for this kind of a plant. Remember just a few days ago, the defense forces came out with what they said was evidence uh, that Iran was involved in these attacks. They didn't say where it was coming from, the attack, but they did say that these weapons did originate at least from Iran. They were talking about 18 UAVs, those are drones, and as many as seven cruise missiles. Now, some information that I've got on off record seems to suggest that these attacks were coming in so low that they weren't going to be picked up by any of the massive billion dollar defense systems that the Saudis have in place, many of them bought from the United States. So if you take a look behind me, you can see once again one of five columns hit at this Albuquerque facility that really uh, is the heart and heart beating heart of uh, the Saudi Aramco um, facility at large. And what I've found very, very interesting over the last few minutes, listening to the folks here telling us about how quickly they had to get to these flames before the entire facility was at risk. They said they had to get to the flames between 15 and 20 minutes in, or they weren't going to be able to save things like this. So as you can see behind me, one of five columns, again, that was hit. There were at least 18 strikes on this outcake facility alone. 
And in terms of that rapid response, the explosions we saw, that video that we had coming out over the weekend of the attacks, not just on Al-Qaeda, but also Parase as well, both fields, they said that in terms of the Al-Qaeda facility, they had the flames under control within seven hours. But again, that first 15 to 20 minutes, that rapid response time was critical and crucial to making sure that this facility was able to get back online as quickly as it was. Guys? Uh, Hadley, it's David. You know, I'm curious, uh, to what extent are these going to be able to be repaired on site? Some of the spheroids in particular, I've been told, are fairly complex and might require being fabricated outside Saudi Arabia again and shipped back over there. Are you getting any updates on that? This is Absolutely. So we've been asking these questions as well. And what was really interesting is already that spheroid that I showed you just a few minutes ago at another area of the Alpic facility, they were already working on that, uh, fixing where those, um, basically whether they were drones or cruise missiles, anybody's guess, they haven't told us that yet. But the holes in that spheroid, they were already well underway in terms of repairing. What we've also been told from officials here on the ground is that they've been most impressed by how the manufacturers who supply the Saudi Aramco have really stepped up and helped them in terms of getting as much material to them as needed as quickly as possible. So we were able to see not just uh, what was happening with the repair of the spheroid just a little way down the road, but we we're also able to see one of the plates taken off. I think you can see some of the video that we sent in as we were riding along on the bus, the massive hole in the side of that spheroid plate. And that's the kind of thing that they've had to start repairs on. So again, they were telling me that the manufacturers have really stepped up here and are working very hard with them 24 hours a day to try and get these um, facilities back up online as quickly as possible. But at the same point, they said it was that critical response time that really enabled them to save as much of the production as they have and to get back up online as quickly as they have. Guys? Hadley, have they given you any guidance as what they need to do to uh, defend themselves against low-level attacks? This is a good question, right? So anyway, I've been having these conversations on and off the record. You remember, of course, I asked the oil minister, are you prepared to ask the Americans to come in and help you? Are you prepared to talk about S-400 systems from Vladimir Putin? He essentially said, you're talking to the wrong guy. You've got to talk to the defense minister. When we heard from those defense forces, they were essentially telling us what had happened in terms of what that had been hit and what um, they thought uh, was coming from uh, potentially Iran there, just not where it was coming from. But they didn't give us any guidance on the systems that they think would need to be put in place, at least not yet, to prevent further attacks of this nature. But again, if you're looking at this from the geopolitical perspective, it all has to do with intelligence, doesn't it? It's eyes on the ground. The best eyes on the ground on Iran, pretty well known in the intelligence community. That's the Israelis. That's Mossad. So if you want to protect yourself uh, from threats coming from Iran, you don't only really have to work very closely with the Americans, which, of course, the Saudis have done and will done and will ha have done, will done will do and probably are doing at this very moment, but you also have to talk to the Israelis. So this is going to be a bigger question, isn't it? And certainly something to keep an eye on as we head into the General Assembly next week. You're going to have to spend billions of dollars to harden these. Uh, L3 Harris, I think, has got very good stuff to be able to stop it. But got, Russians think they've got the answer, too. Yeah, right, right. But you got to stop it. I mean, you need sophisticated radar systems well beyond what we have right now. And everybody's happy. Because once they get those drones powered by solar, look out. Uh, that's a big question uh, for energy at large. Hadley, thank you. That's our Hadley Gamble, obviously, with some great coverage. When we come back, uh, the message from the Fed after that second rate cut. Sarah is in Washington today where she's got a big exclusive. Hey, Sarah. Hey, good morning, Carl. What a way to wrap up a dramatic week for the Fed. I am at the Federal Reserve for an exclusive conversation with the number two vice chair, Richard Clarida, coming up in the next hour. Everything from growing concerns about global growth to the growing divide inside the Federal Reserve. That's coming up next. Let's walk on the street.
Time for Jim and Stop Trading. Shocker, Xilinx. CFO Lorenzo Flores leaves. It's sudden. People don't like it when a sudden departure of a CFO of one of the best 5G plays. So look out. We, want, we don't have enough explanation. The stock's going down, and uh, it's disconcerting to, to everybody. Uh, I don't know. I wish I had the answers, but I sure know the question. What the hell happened to the CFO? We need clarity. We need clarity, and we need clarity. Clarity and clarity. Clarity and clarity. So Twiddledum and Twiddledum. Yeah, okay. One of the most important companies that stock has been flatlining is Zscaler. Cybersecurity, the competition in cybersecurity is intense now. Uh, Jay Chaudhry in, in his last conference call said that some deals are taking longer to close. Stock dropped instantly when he said that. It was just kind of the duck came down. Groucho. Yeah. Right. Gotcha. Yeah. Gotcha. I, I know. I remember. And remember, the senator wants to break up Facebook. Uh, fine. He's doing well. Stock's flying. <laughs> I mean, I guess true. he did a. Did he do SOTP? Did he do with some of the parts? Yeah. I don't. I think know he did if, some of the parts. Senator Hawley has done that. I think he did some of the parts, and that's why the stock's rolling. Very young man. Senator. Hawley. Younger yeah, than Zuckerberg. Yeah, one of the yeah. youngest. In his 30s. Break up. Yeah, we got to break up Facebook. That's what we should be focused on. Jim, we'll see you tonight. Mad, what a fiery hour. Uh, Mad Money, wow. It was a fiery yes. hour. And thank you, David, for being fiery. You're welcome. Yeah. Every so often. David Ulta, just join the loyalty club. You get $100, David. I'm going to join Costco before I join Ulta. <laughs> You've been listening to the opening bell on CNBC's Squawk on the Street. You seek the key. But first, you must learn the ways of precision, craft, and performance with Acura's all-electric ZDX. With a premium Bang & Olufsen sound system up to a 313-mile range and a Type S variant with an estimated 500 horsepower, the ZDX is their most powerful SUV yet. Unlock the energy when you visit Acura.com to order yours today.